Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning, and wow, that's loud. If you're not awake already, then you should be right now. How many of you are thankful for the longer daylight we will have this evening? How many of you say it's well worth that hour that I missed of sleep because I probably wasn't going to get it anyway? And it's definitely worth the trade-off. So, man, I am so pumped up. I'm so excited. I just, I love it this time of the year. I, I wish we would keep it like this always. It's tough getting home, and it's dark at 5 o'clock. Right, Tim? No fun. No fun. So, welcome again today. Man, what a day we've already had. And if you haven't already, grab these. What is this? It's a handout. What's on one side? A great place to take notes, Right? So let's do that today because you don't want to miss anything that God has for you. How many of you have questions in this room today? How many of you watching or listening today or later on, you might have some questions. Isn't it funny how we start asking questions at a very, very, very early age, almost uh, when we even begin to learn how to talk, we start asking questions. And the big one that we ask as children is the question, (laughs) you got it, why? I mean, don't, don't you just love that? Inquisitive children. I, I, I love this one. Why, why is, is it that a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk? How many of you ever heard that one before? Or have you ever heard this one? Where does the sun go at night? My, my son asked me that like three or four times in the last two or three years. And the moon go in the daytime. Where, where, where does that go? Where, what's that all about? Or how do you like this one? Why can't I eat ice cream for breakfast? To which I say, go for it, right? Ice cream is a delicacy. It is one of the greatest, greatest foods that there is. And, and my vote is that we should be able to eat ice cream anytime we want, right? Hey, we're starting a movement in this place. Ice cream anytime. Let's get some shirts made up and posters. I mean, questions, questions, questions. But have you ever noticed that as we get older, our questions get deeper and a lot more challenging? I mean, questions about life and God and and why bad things happen and what is this all really about? And, you know, not the ice cream for breakfast kind of questions, what you would call the big questions. And all of us have had some of these questions roll through our minds at some point in time or another. And you may be there right now. And please know that you're in good company because we are not alone. Lots of people in the Bible had questions, and many of them were able to ask the questions to Jesus, and he gave them answers that they needed. So as we jump into this brand new study entitled Stuck, we want to do so by encouraging you to not get stuck in your big questions. I want to repeat that. Let's not get stuck in our big questions because we all If if we're totally honest, we all have some big questions. And I believe that in this day and time, so many people are living stuck at some level in their lives right now in some questions that you've been wrestling with for a whole lot of years. Questions that cripple and debilitate you and your life and your faith. Some of you may have not ever even seen it that way. You, you may be hung up on something, stuck in something. You may be, have, have been living that way for a lot of years and didn't even realize it, that it's something along the lines of what we're going to talk about this morning in the way of questions. And I'm telling you, church, God never designed us to live stuck in anything. Because I believe 
that a lot of people are stuck. They need God to show up and release them in this area. So let's look at some good news. Now, how many of you like good news? How about telling somebody nearby you, I love good news. How about you? And the good news is that it's okay to have questions. I don't know if you grew up uh, in, in this particular way, but, but a lot of people I've heard of, I, I've talked to over the years in, in counseling sessions as a, as a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I've heard it said a lot of times, something along the lines of, well, pastor, I, I, the way I was raised, we weren't supposed to question God. The way I was brought up, you know, grandma told us, oh, don't ever question God. Don't, don't ever dare to, to ask him anything. Just, just go with it. And so a lot of people have lived with that kind of cloud over their head and over their lives for, for a, lot of, a lot of years. And, and they, they thought to themselves, because grandma said it or mama said it or somebody along the line said it, that I can't even ask a question that comes to my heart or my mind. And I'm here to tell you it's just not true. Think of it in this way. This, this is how God speaks to me a lot of times. We as humanity are the prized creation of our Heavenly Father. And he uses those terms all throughout Scripture that he is our Father, Father God, right? And that we as his people are his children. Now, what did we just talk about a couple of minutes ago as we opened up? That children love to do what? Ask questions. Children come running to us all the time. Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, what about this? Or why is this like that? Or, or how do you do this? Or whatever. And what I love about that is that is one of the primary ways that we learn in life is by asking questions. I love the fact that we can look at something and be, be intrigued by it, and it, it triggers something in our mind and in our hearts, and we think, what is that all about? How does that work? How does that operate? Or how, how has that come to be? Or whatever the question may be, and that we go and ask someone that. And typically, as we're growing up, like I said, it's our parents. And so well, it's only natural that we as God's children would run to our Father and say, why this? How's this? What, what's the deal with this? Right? Okay, you're supposed to say right there. Like, like agreement with me. Yes, that, that, that does make sense. If you can picture just running up to dad with the question that's on your heart and on your mind and saying, dad, help me with this. <laughs> Give me some understanding. Give me some wisdom. Educate me on this particular thing that, that's going through my mind right now. So as children ask their parents all these wonderful questions, it's perfectly okay for us to do the same with God. Now, where it does become a problem is when people question God with a rebellious, untrusting heart, not truly trying to get an answer from the Lord that really is, is truth, but they, they try to attack the character of God because God allows something to happen that, that they didn't like, it, and so that's where it gets way out of bounds, if, if that makes sense to you. You see, the, the reality is, in our finite world, we don't have the eyes to see into the future, so we don't know the brilliant things that God is doing in our lives. And sometimes we might say, why God? And later find out the reason that God did something along the way in our lives. And it's one thing to ask God why, and another thing to doubt His goodness and His existence. In confusing situations, listen to me, church, pray for wisdom and expect an answer because God promises to us if we truly ask for wisdom that He's going to give it to us, right? Lots of people today <laughs> all around us need to pray that prayer for wisdom and understanding. So please know, first of all, this morning, it's okay. It's okay to ask our questions. And then secondly, just to repeat this, make it clear, it's okay to bring those questions to God himself. 
You, you get that this morning? It was Max Lucado who said many years ago that God has never turned away the questions of a sincere searcher. Listen, if you look at the pages of Scripture, you'll find out that people all along the line have asked questions of God. How many remember a guy by the name of Job? Job had a pretty tough time of it there for a while, didn't he? I mean, it was amazing. It's incredible the suffering that Job went through. And in the midst of that, there were multiple times that Job said, Why, God? Why is this happening? Why me, Lord? You ever had that question on your mind and in your heart and in your mouth? You ever just stopped and said, God, why me? Job did too. One of the Old Testament prophets, Habakkuk, he asked why is all of this evil happening around us? And God later answers him, and he rejoices in the Lord at the answer that he gets. His question was coming from a sincere heart. How many of you remember a lady by the name of Mary that actually was chosen to bring Christ into our world? She was tapped on the shoulder and said, hey, you're going to be the vessel that I bring my son into this world through. How about it? And you remember what she responded by saying? Lord, how can this be? Because I've never, what, known a man sexually in that way that would produce an offspring. So she was asking the question to God, and God explained it. He answered her question. I love that when we ask, God will answer, and Nicodemus did as well. In the New Testament, he went to Jesus in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. It says that he came to Jesus looking for some answers. You see, if you don't know anything about this guy's life, he was a Pharisee. If you don't want to know what a Pharisee is, that's a religious leader that was very prominent back in that day. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, these guys studied Scripture. They studied the law, the Torah. They, they were well-versed and well-educated in that. However, here's one big thing. When Jesus arrived, the fulfillment of all that, that studying they had, had done and all the, the written words of, of God's Word up to that point in time, they missed him because they did not acknowledge who he was. Truthfully, but not Nicodemus. Something inside him just wouldn't let it go. Something inside him just kept saying, who is this guy? I know my, my cohorts have, have written him off as a, as a phony, as a fraud, that he's not the real Messiah. But something inside of me is just eating away at me that will not let that go. Something's not right about this situation. And so he finds himself doing this. At nighttime... He had had all he could take. And so the Bible tells us that Nicodemus went and found Jesus. And face to face had a conversation and said, hey, listen, I've got to get this question answered in my life. Are you the Messiah? You know, he went at night. That's why we call him Nick at night. <laughs> Some of you will remember that. And Jesus looked at him and said, yes. He answered this man's question. And in that passage, we find John 3.16 where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I love this. Nicodemus came at night to question Jesus, but he came. I love that. Don't you love that fact? He didn't let anything stop him because he knew that the peer pressure of his group that he was a part of, those Pharisees, they would look down their noses, they would shake their fingers at him and say, how dare you go to this fraud, to this imposter, and ask him anything like that? You know this isn't the real Messiah. That's how staunch they were in their belief and their hatred towards Jesus. But Nicodemus didn't let that stop. He went at night, but that's okay. He went, right? 
Sometimes we want to look at people and say, well, he should have just been bold and went in the daytime and blah, 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 blah. But listen to me, church. Don't sit around criticizing anybody. Just go. Don't let anything stop you. If you've got questions for the king, you go to the king and you ask of your, your king the questions that you have on your heart. I love that about this man. John the Baptist. You remember his story. The forerunner of Jesus who went about preaching, prepare the way. The king of kings is coming. Make yourselves ready for Jesus. He went out baptizing people in water. We're going to do that in just a few weeks, so get ready to sign up and be a part of that. It's coming soon. John the Baptist went out declaring the way of the Lord, and all of a sudden, after doing this and, and finding himself thrown in jail and, and beaten and, 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 and tortured, and, and he, he, he's looking around, he's saying, is he really the Son of God? Is he really the one? He finds himself in a season of doubt. How many of you have ever been there? How many of you have had so many things happen to you that you start to question things in your life and you start to question your faith and you start to question the existence of who God is? Is he really that way? And that's exactly where John the Baptist finds himself. And so one of his, his, his helpers comes to him and, and brings him some food and some aid and he's, he's visiting with him and he says to his assistant, listen, I need you to do something. I need you to go find Jesus because at this time Jesus is already out ministering too. I need you to go find him and ask him this question. Now hear me, church. Because I believe some of you may be right here today. Go ask him if he truly is the one. Or should we look for another? Listen, world. <laughs> You're saying, you think the world's listening to you? I'm just declaring it in faith, church. Listen, world. Listen, Connections Church. Listen, Belmont and Gaston County and North Carolina and the USA. He is the one. He answered John's question. He said, the blind are seeing. The lame are walking. Those who are lost are being found. Salvation has come to the house of God today. I am that one. No need to look anywhere else. People are looking all over the place today for the answers to life, and they are only found in Jesus. But if you don't understand that, then you're going to live your life questioning until the day you draw your last breath, and you're going to miss the greatest truth of life. When Jesus declared, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life that no one comes to the Father except through me. That is the truth of this life, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And we as a church have that. We possess that. And as a lost and dying world that is going to hell because they don't truly understand that and haven't grabbed a hold of it for themselves. We are the ones to take that answer. No need to look anywhere else. But again, make sure we ask these questions for the right reasons. You see, God's great with our sincere, genuine questions, but there are questions that he does not appreciate, and that is when our motives are not correct. And I love how Jesus responded to the religious leaders that would try to trick him and entrap him with their questions. One of the favorite responses is found in Matthew 21, verses 23 through 27. Listen to this passage here where we read that Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him, and they asked, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? And Jesus replied, 
I will also ask you one question. Don't you love that? Question with a question. That's, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. He said, if you answer me, I'm going to tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? And they discussed it among themselves, and they said, well, guys, <laughs> I'm sure they use this vernacular. We've got ourselves in a pickle. <laughs> Don't you love that? We're, we're stuck here, man. He trumped us big time, and he says, if we say from heaven, then he's going to ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say it's of human origin, then we're afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus this way, and I love this. Sometimes we've got to come to this conclusion. We don't know. And then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Jesus knew. Here, here's the bottom line of it. He knew that these guys were asking this question for the wrong reason. They were asking to entrap him so that they could have him arrested and that they could have him killed. Hear me this morning. When we come with pure motives seeking truth, and, and get this, you might want to write this down. Not our agendas. Because, you know, that's the way we tend to go to God at times. Lord, here's my list of things I'd like to see. Here are the answers that I would love to have coming out of your mouth. And I'm just going to write them down for you in case you don't realize it so you'll know how I need you to answer this question. You ever been there? Don't lie. <laughs> we, we've all been there, Right? We've all come with our list, our Christmas list, saying, God, if you'll answer these things in this way. But here's the thing about it. When we come with pure motives, seeking truth, not our agenda, but seeking truth, then we're going to be amazed at what God will reveal to us because here's the, here's the trick right here. And it's no trick at all. It's the secret of this whole thing. Jesus was trying desperately to reveal himself to those religious leaders who had rejected him, but they would not have it. He was wanting to show who he was. He was wanting to pour himself into them. He was wanting to love them desperately, but they would not have it because they were so stuck in being right. And being correct that we know all these things. Look at how brilliant we are. We've been studying from the days of our youth. We were old enough to start reading. We started studying. And we are biblical scholars. We know this stuff. And you are not the Messiah. They were so glued to being right that they missed the truth. And the truth was right there in front of them in the flesh. Now I'm going to tell you something. We can be stuck in that same place, stuck to being right, stuck to our list, stuck to how we think it should be. We can be glued to that spot. We can be welded to that spot. We can be, be so, so entrenched in that position that we can miss the truth of what God is wanting to reveal to our lives. We've got to come with the right heart and the right motives because number four is a reality check for us. We have to understand that there will be times we will not know or understand everything on this side of heaven. How many of you have come to that conclusion already? Go ahead, raise your hands. It's okay. Now, the ones who didn't pray that they'll come to that conclusion quickly. 
so life will get a whole lot simpler for them. When we sincerely desire truth, God will reveal his truth to us. We just said that. However, sometimes there are things that we're not allowed to know. I pray that you firmly believe, as I do, that Jesus is coming back again soon. The Bible clearly says that. But it also says that no man will know the day nor the hour. <laughs> Got some Bible scholars in here, too. I love that. I remember being my first year at a Bible college, being in ministry, way back in 1988. Anybody remember that? It's back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth and we were fighting off T-Rexes and all that good stuff. I remember very clearly some guy writes this little book about that thick called 88 Reasons Why the Lord is Coming Back in 1988. And I think he pinpointed it maybe towards September of 88. I can't remember that part, but I clearly remember that book. And, and I remember thinking to myself, man, where did this guy get this stuff? Because the Bible doesn't say that, right? The Bible says no man don't know the day nor the hour. How can he pinpoint exactly when Jesus? But I'm going to tell you something. Church attendance the, that, that month, was just, it was out of sight, man. Because that, that book could take it off as a buzz across the, the, the nation, man. People were talking about it. News reports were being done on it. But guess what? The Bible is clear. We can't know. We can know the seasons, the Bible says. We can know that the signs are, are pointing to his imminent coming and, and his return to snatch us up on out of here and take us home to be with him. Right, church? What a day that's going to be. But we don't know when it's going to happen exactly. That's why the Bible says over and over, be ready, be prepared. Have oil in your lamps. Be watching for the bridegroom to split the eastern sky and the trumpet to blast because he's coming soon. But there are some things that we don't know exactly. And the Bible is crystal clear on that. And we have to come to terms with the fact that there are a lot of other things that we won't know on this side of heaven. And trust God and the fact that he has everything under control. And I know that's tough. Grab the side of your seat real quick. I know that's really tough. Come on, I mean it. I ain't playing games here. For all of you control freaks. Have we got some control freaks in here? Man, some people just readily admit it. Yep, that's me. Yep, I, I, I'm guilty. The Bible says you won't be able to control everything. You won't know everything. You won't understand it all because the Bible says God's ways are what? Higher than our ways. Our ways are right about right, right here for me. Five nine, every bit of it. But his ways are infinite. His ways are way beyond my understanding. We've got to come to that conclusion in our lives. Here's a prayer I want you to write down and begin to pray over and over and over again daily. You ready for this prayer? It's very deep. But here it goes. God, help me trust you more. Whoo! That'll do something to you, church. And listen, I guarantee you that if you're stuck in your questions, today, Jesus can free you to move forward in faith. So if you have a question for God, if, if there's something in the Bible you don't understand or something in your personal life that, that's troubling you, you can ask God how. You can even ask God why. Again, as we mentioned a moment ago, Job asked God over and over again, why God? Why did you let this happen to me? What have I done to deserve this? And God answered him. Three other of his friends tried to come and give him answers, and those answers were dead wrong. They were terrible. But God himself gave Job the correct answers. So many of us have asked God why. 
me included. 20 years old. First year of ministry. Ready to take the world for Jesus Christ. The most important person in my life up to that point, my mother had raised me in church, raised me to love Jesus. Brought me through some tough times when I was wanting to stray and go, go out the wrong ways. And, and she prayed me back in, loved me back in, brought me back in. And at 44 years old, God takes her home. And me, 20 years old. Can I tell you something? Can I be gut level real with you? I ask God why, with tears in my eyes, time and time and time again, why would you take her and leave some of the pitiful excuse of people that exist on this planet right now? And I'm going to tell you, I, I wrestle with God. I struggle with that. I, I thought, wow, God, that's the way you treat your kids. I'm just being, I'm just being real. Is that okay? Because I know that some of you have walked through those same tough roads and struggle with that in your own life. But here's what I love. God brought me to a passage out of Isaiah chapter 57. The first couple verses which tell us good people pass away. The godly often die before their time and no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths, they will rest in peace when they die. God began to comfort me and encourage me. God began to show me, hey, guess what? This is just temporary. You're only going to be separated for a little while. Trust me. Let me heal you. Let me help you. Let me strengthen you. Let me get you through this. Folks, we don't know. We don't understand. But we trust him. Because he is infinitely wise and loves us with an everlasting love. I love the passage out of 1 Corinthians 13, 12, which says, now we see things imperfectly, right? Like puzzling reflections in a mirror that's clouded, distorted. You can't really see clearly. But then when we are with him, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, Paul writes, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Write this word down, patience. God, give us patience. God, let us trust you more. God, give us patience in the journey as we're moving. Every question will be answered. Every doubt will be gone, and we will be completely in awe of God and all that he has ordained from beginning to end and throughout eternity. Our questions for God are going to be replaced by praise. How many of you know that? All those questions are going to melt away. I've said for years I have two questions that I really wanted to ask God when I got to heaven that weren't the big questions. One of them is, Lord, why do you let it rain in the daytime? I've got a perfect system worked out in my head that if, if like from 2 o'clock in the morning to like 3.30 or 4 in the morning, we get a nice light shower that would just kind of soak everything and be good. And then we wake up, man, the sun's shining again. It's a beautiful day. The birds are singing. It never drops below 60 degrees. Come on with me, church, you know. And that would be just ideal. God, why didn't you allow that to happen? And, and all these tornadoes and stuff, we, you know, that was one question. The other question was this, and it may be the first question. Lord, why do you give the kids all the energy? 
We, the parents, are the ones who need it. They're bouncing off the walls like a pinball, man, and we're just dragging going, dear Jesus, help me get through this next step. I just want to breathe a couple more times today. And these kids are like, dee, 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 dee. I don't understand it. But those are questions for later. But when we get there, I'm going to be in so in awe of God, it's not going to matter. I'm going to fall at his throne room and sing with the angelic choir the worship of God, the praise of the Almighty, and all this other stuff right here is just going to melt away. Man, I can't wait for that day. Our confusion is going to be replaced with knowledge and understanding our sorrow with full joy and our desires and our yearnings by an overabundance of all our spirits have longed for in our great God. How? These only happen through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As a reminder from a few moments ago, James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 tells us, if you, any of you lacks wisdom, you should do what? Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, it goes on to say, don't, don't miss this part, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Pray for wisdom. Pray for patience. And pray to trust him more. And as we finish this time this morning, we're going to turn the table just a little bit and look at a question that Jesus asked of his disciples. And that question found in Matthew 16, is simply this. Who do you say I am? He asked them first, what's everybody saying about me? Who, who do they think I am? What, what are they saying that, that I, I am? And then the disciples give some answers, and then he makes it real personal, and he points at them and says, but who do you say I am? Who responded? Peter, don't you love that guy? I mean, he's up and down, back and forth. He's all over the map, but man, he loves God. He gets it right, he gets it wrong, but this is one time he got it right. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You, that's who you are. Woo! Jesus looked and said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but the Spirit of God. So you translate that down to right now. Here in March of 2020, I can't even believe it's 2020. And I believe that Jesus looks around at us and says, who do you say I am? The most important question we will ever answer in this life. Who do you say he is? My encouragement is to push through all the questions you may have and allow the living God to give answers. Even the answers that you hoped would be different. And that's tough. That's not easy. And believe in your heart that God is God. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently, what? Seek him. Be prepared for the answers, not being what you want them to be. Listen, you look to me as one of your pastors here, and boy, that's an honor and a privilege. But I'm going to be the first one to admit to you very plainly, I don't understand it all. I do not. A lot of things happen I don't understand. And I came to a place a long time ago in my life, in my faith journey, where I said, God, I don't understand it, but here's what I do. 
I, I don't even like it all before I give you that. There's some things I just don't like. I mean, I, I have some, some, some interesting conversations with God. God, I don't like that. I don't like that you went that direction. I don't like that you allowed that to happen. I don't like it. I know I'm the only one in the room that's ever said that to God, right? God, that's not the way I would do it. <laughs> if I can have your ear for just a moment, let me fill you in on how it should go. I don't understand it all. I don't like it all. But here's what I do. Here's where I arrived a number of years back. I don't understand it all. I don't like it all. But I trust you. Because you are God and I am not. And I know there's skeptics out there who go, but that's the cop-out way. Oh, yeah, that, that's just real funny that you would just arrive. You would go through this teaching. You, you're supposed to give some answers. I don't have all the answers except I have the answer. Trust in God because he's God and we are not. And you can choose to right now. You can choose to bow the knee and confess with your mouth in this moment that you have on this earth. Or one day, if you choose not to do it now, you will when he comes back again. And time is over. You will. We will. All of us will. So it's not a cop-out. With everything I have in me, it's the truth. God invites us to come along and trust him, knowing that his ways are higher than our ways. If you close your eyes for a moment, some of you may have come in this room and you may have seen what was on here and thought, wow, stuck in my questions. Okay, yeah, I got some questions. Today's the day. I'm going to get the answers. Well, here's the good news. You just got the answer. Understand that you don't know it all. I don't know it all. We don't know it all. Know that his ways are higher than our ways. Know that right now we see through a glass dimly, as another translation says of that passage we walk through. But one day it will all be made clear. But know this, that we are God's children created in his image, and he loves us with an everlasting love. And as his children, he gives us full invitation to come to him with seeking hearts and ask of him what it is that's going on in our hearts and our minds. What, what struggles we're having, what questions kind of haunt us and, and just hang there in our, in our minds, in our hearts. He says, come to me and ask. Come to me. I'm your dad. And with your eyes closed for just another moment, I'm going to tell you something. As we <laughs> declared in song just a few moments ago, if the worship team would come back for just another moment. Trusting Him, trusting Him, it hit me when we were in our time of, of worship and, and song. Trusting Him <laughs> is saying, God, you are good. You are good. Oh, you are good when it's a struggle in your life. But you declare it anyway. I had to write that down. I didn't want to forget that. You are good, God, good. Oh, oh, you are so good. Even though I'm in the midst of hell on earth, it seems like I'm going through the worst trial I've ever been through. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I've tried to be faithful to you, God. I don't understand why my whole world's collapsing around me. But, God, you are good. 
The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, that we're all going to go through hard times, that, that we're not immune because we belong to him and his family as his children, serving and following Christ Jesus. The questions are there, the doubts we struggle with at times. We, we, we get like John the Baptist and just get uncertain because things are just, just tough right now. But God, you are good. David had a baby, was born sick, and he prayed and prayed and prayed, King David. For days he prayed and sought God for the child's healing, and the baby died. And his workers came to him and said, Oh, King, the baby's passed. He, he could read it on their faces before they even got there. And he jumped up and he washed himself. And he said, I can never bring him back, but I can go to be with him where he's at. God is good and I will move forward. Big questions in life, church. But God's bigger than our questions. And He invites us to bring those to Him and learn to trust Him like we never have before. I just want to see you with your eyes closed another moment. If you're in here and you say, you know what, Pastor, God's speaking in my heart right now in some ways about questions I've had, struggles I've had. Would you just pray for me in this closing time of prayer right now before we leave this place? Would you just raise your hands across this room and say, Pastor, pray for me this morning in this way. I'm struggling right now. I have some of these questions. Yes, sir. How many others? Yes, thank you. Yes, anybody else? Just raise your hand. Maybe you know somebody that's stuck in some questions right now that you've been ministering to and trying to help and praying for, and you say, man, they just need to be freed up. They need to move forward. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Anybody else that will join these? I want you to stand up, and I just want us to declare today the goodness of God. I don't know what y'all are planning on singing, but is that the song you're going to sing? You are good, King of my heart. Thank you. I want you to stand up together today, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to declare this as a, as a body because some of us in this room and some outside this room, people we know that are watching even now that, that may not be watching, they need that freedom. They need to, to be unstuck and, and move forward. Lord, thank you for freedom. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for your salvation. If there be any in this house and outside of it right now that's watching that needs you to come and rescue their heart and be the king of their heart, God, I just pray that they open up right now, confess their sins, and, and confess you as king of their lives. Christ Jesus, the Lord of our lives. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for bringing answers and peace and helping us trust you more. Grow in patience, God, and know you in wisdom. Thank you for it, Jesus. Let's worship him today and declare it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.